Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Introducing The Corner Booth, a football podcast covering the latest trends and news in college football and the NFL. Here are your hosts, Jared and Mark. Welcome into The Corner Booth. I am your host, Jared Klim, alongside my co-host, Mr. Mark Riley. We're back, the first of the Dual Week podcasts. Should be a fun one. And we are also back to a very normal trend here at the corner booth where Jared was right and Mark was wrong. If you guys watched the game on Monday night uh, where Clemson kicked the living daylights out of Alabama and it wasn't even close, I was so bored at one point watching all the touchdowns, I started playing Red Dead Redemption and like would look down every couple minutes and saw another touchdown. I feel bad for our boy Kevin Langley. Alabama Alabama uh, student and a good friend of the podcast, and he was miserable. But I said it, Mark. I said, who the hell has Alabama played all year? A Georgia team that got their butt whooped, even though the scoreboard didn't show up by, by Texas. I said, Clemson's played good teams all year. I think this is going to be a whitewash. Just absolute blowout. And, it was. And, and you were right. I mean, it's too funny that you were right and I was wrong because, like I said, how I was the B-Bowl standout and the the normal like pick was just to take Alabama. But, like I said, it started off – I thought it was going to be a back and forth. They were comparing it to the USC-Texas game like pregame, and it felt like that's what it was going to be. But it Well, you know what they said on be... ESPN that Alabama was screwed. Yeah. Yeah, because Alabama was USC. Because the thing is, it's crazy. Is like Tua with the pick to start the game, like or not to start the game, but their first possession is just like, okay, like and he walked off the field like confident. Didn't even look like it bothered him. I was like, all right, see, this is where it doesn't matter. Tua's gonna be fine. And then he did. He came back and scored. But then another bad pick, and then he just looked rattled. And freaking Trevor Lawrence, like the one of the greatest performances you'll find in the championship. I mean, it was a great, great – I mean, as much as they got blown out, it was still a good game, I thought. As terrible as that sounds. Like, I still was enjoying it because you were amazed that Alabama was getting dominated. It wasn't even like – it looked like Alabama – it looked like one of Columbus's usual ACC games. It didn't look like the so-called number one team in the country. Yeah. And I love how Alabama still got the number two rating in the post-poll because – the the one the three and four seeds were so goddamn awful. Yeah, yeah. But like this my like the like I said before, this is like the one year where the BCS wouldn't have been terrible. Yeah, but I still think next year. I mean, 
it might be the same thing. And I think Alabama, I would said I'm, I'm going to be posting a column with our uh, boy Trevor also belly up about our too early, way too early rankings. And I might put Bama at number one because the revenge tour is going to be nuts. They're going to be coming and wanting blood from everyone they play. But this is what you don't get is that Alabama got a chink in the armor. It's this isn't I don't fear Alabama anymore. And I will eat I will eat it if Alabama wins a national title next year. Because here's it what I feel. I said this and everyone laughed at me, but I was right. College football is cyclical. It always has been. Teams good dominant programs because they're cycles. You have Alabama was dominant during the Bear Bryant days, but goes dormant for a couple decades. Go starts up a little bit in like the late 90s with uh, Sean Alexander, dips off again. Nick Saban comes to town. Oh, look, they're dominant. Greatest dynasty ever in college football. And then they'll go off again for a couple of years. Clemson was like nothing until like Dabo Sweeney shows up around the Taj Boyd days and then just starts accelerating to this peak. And now you're going to see they're going to start going off eventually. My Miami Hurricanes were garbage. Then they became, in the 80s, they were dominant. And then they were dead for a decade and a half, about half a decade. And then, oh, look, in the 2000s, they're dominant again. College football has, same thing with USC as well. College football is so cyclical. Every team goes through it. Alabama was bound for it. It's Football is that one unique sport where teams just go like that. Like, we're starting to see the Pittsburgh Steelers dominance the past decade and a half. They're about to go back to mediocrity. Also, the Patriots. Yo, Brady ain't Brady ain't thirty five anymore. Yep. It, it, and look at the Seahawks. They lost to the Cowboys in the playoffs. <laughs> that's like trying to miss. A, that's like trying to miss a golf shot hitting it off of a yacht. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, like you said, they always there's always going to be a rotation of teams, but it's always still the same. T- like like those teams do come back. Like you said. And my it's one buddy solid was, programs, but they rotate. It's yeah. You occasionally get the Oregon's, the Boise State's who make a little run, the TCU's, the Nebraska's who like make little runs and have little runs of greatness, but they never really accomplish. It's the same 10, 15 teams. Yeah, and that's it's, not a it's not a bad thing either. Like everyone, oh, my, it's one not, buddy, my one buddy because I'm not saying one of those teams. Yeah. So it's fine by me. My buddy was pissed. He said he's like, "Oh, I mean, look, next year there's a good chance it's gonna be the same two teams." And my one buddy, uh, Mark McHugh, said he said, he said, "So you don't like watching good football and basketball just because they're wearing the same colors every year? Like, well, who cares? As long as you're watching a good game, I'm it also at matter. the point where, at a certain point, it gets annoying. So, like, yeah, this was great, but if I see it next year, I might get a little ticked. I'd be like, oh god, here we go. But it's not gonna be as bad as like watching Golden State versus LeBron." Yeah. For like the eighth straight year. I mean, I'm down to see a Trevor Lawrence to a battle again. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout again. I would because you don't have see. Clemson's defensive line. Like, they're not going to have that same defensive line. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, Alabama, they don't have any new pass rushers coming in. So, they're going to have the same problem. Yeah. I mean, like I said, there's, still, I, there's a good chance that they're in 1-2 next year. But the difference is going to be, I think, Clemson might end up being. <laughs> I don't know, man. SEC could change, man. It's, it, it's such a weird conference. Because, yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe Kirby Smart actually figures out that Jake Fromm, they need more guys around Jake Fromm because he's not good by himself. Possibility. I mean, speaking of quarterbacks, though, this uh, Trevor Lawrence kid, little sunshine, there's talks about him being the number one pick if he were to leave and go into the draft now. I don't think it's crazy. Some people think it is. I think it's moderately crazy. There's a, The craziness to it, 
but I understand yeah. it. First of all, he's younger than my sister. <laughs> Second of all, the dude looks like a rail. Yeah. He's so skinny. Well, that's he the thing that's scary. Him. He takes oh yeah, that's you know, give him two years to develop. That's fine. Like he's got no he's got no problems. It's not like he's a running back and a dude like Marshawn Lattimore with a great freshman season and just couldn't stay healthy. Yeah. <clears throat> like we were talking pregame or pre show, like how even if you were the NFL and you had the chance of like drafting him number one overall and knowing you could have to sit him out like a minor league deal almost, you still would take that chance just because in two years he's gonna be the guy you want running your team. Look at like the the Nationals back when they had Bryce Harper. Even though he only played in the minors for like eight weeks, yeah. Like. yeah and they exactly. got like even my even my Diamondbacks back. When we drafted up to no five, dude. We didn't see him until two thousand nine. But look, we made the playoffs because of him. So it's <clears throat> it's investment in the long run, and that's where like I love the fact that we're gonna talk about another head coach that just got um picked up today, and he's talking about possibly. Swapping quarterbacks. I even though they drafted a quarterback this year, and I love it. Yep. yep. Speaking of that, it's a good time to uh, end this little championship talk and get into the rundown. And the first topic is the new head coaches. A bunch of coaches have uh, been fired, and now all of them, I think, except for the Bengals and uh, Dolphins, have been hired. And we got who you're talking about, I believe, is Cliff Kingsbury, who we talked about last podcast, and how he is now the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. And the talk is now that Kyler Murray is declaring for the draft, possibly. It's not official. I mean, I think he's leaning towards it. But Kingsbury is known to, for saying he would draft him number one overall back in October. So now that he has opportunity. Does he get rid of Rosen? It's crazy. I love it. I have never been a fan of Josh Rosen. You know that. We had yeah. this whole conversation. I hate him. I really don't give a crap about Darnold. I think the three best quarterbacks were the ones that got drafted all after them, besides Baker. Like, I love Jackson. I love Josh Allen, even though he's literally just the most inaccurate quarterback on the planet. And I love Baker Mayfield, who I think, who one is our unofficial mascot here at Belly Up, but also is, like, I think going to win a Super Bowl with the Browns in the next 10 years. You can That's a weird, that thing, right weird thing to think about. <laughs> <clears throat> no, it's not a weird thing to think about at all. I think that the Browns picked the best quarterback out of that class, and they are going to win a Super Bowl before any of those other teams will. Yeah, so either, but yeah, back to Kingsbury, though. I mean, do you think they make that move? I mean, where would they take, send Rose into like the Jags or something? Um, It would have to be a, a team that, well, yeah, one, has no idea what they're doing, and. Two or either like they just had a quarterback or they have like watch like I mean could you see maybe a, a New York Giants taking Rosen and then having yeah. him sit behind uh, Eli for a year? The only problem is, is that like with that line like you're you're literally getting a better arm and more accurate Eli, which I guess is good, but he's still dead in that pocket. Well, that's why I said give him a year. Maybe they can get the line going. I yeah. hope not, but you know. Yeah, I agree. But the only problem is, is with this whole Kingsbury-Murray combo is I mean, it probably would work, yeah, but there's still no guarantee that Kyler Murray, like after three years, is gets beat, if, say he's getting banged up, just like, you know what, screw this, I'm going the NFL. Or going well, that's the a risk you got to take, man. Yeah. But the number bad. one overall pick? Whew. Listen, that's just what make him hate it. Did you hear about the uh, – oh, yeah, we had another one. We're talking about, I don't know if you put this in. Did you hear about the SB Nation reporter who got fired? Oh, yeah, because she called him a brat. <laughs> Yeah, 
an A's reporter. We're not going to name names because her name was like Jenny Baseball or some BS, but um, Baseball Jen or some bullshit. I don't know. But she like called him a whiny brat. And, and I'm like, wait, this is an official Twitter account. This woman actually does this for a living. Oh my God. I am embarrassed to be a journalist today. Yeah. Like, because, what do you think? Well, first of all, like, yeah, I tweet out that stuff about Mark Richt. I retweet a Barstool Miami thing during the game, but I actually might go back and like un unretweet that, even though now I've said it, so it's probably gonna stay there for all eternity. But like, first of all, when you're that much in the public eye, we're a we're a podcast that's growing, but we're not even as close to where SB Nation is. Oh yeah, this person got like two ten thousand followers minimum, and she just tweeted that out, and now she got put on blast by Barstool, by uh, baseball memes, by NFL memes, whatever. Daily Snark put it up like you gotta. You're the public guy. You can't say stupid crap like that. She almost seemed like she was just like drunk and like posted it. Like she's like a drunk people sober thoughts. Like listen, I'm gonna tell you something as a professional beer drinker. Um, <laughs> as we have, me and Mark have done. Uh, uh, I have, you know, I, I like to enjoy my beer during podcasts or whatever. It is today. It's hard cider because you know I'm a little under the weather. Um, it's got ginger in it, but uh, so. <laughs> Doing something new. Yeah, right. Well, also, it's, it's like it's like drinking apple juice, bro. I feel better already. But what people got to realize is even if you're enjoying that crap, just stay off Twitter. The second alcohol touches your lips, if it's more than one glass of whiskey or three beers, get off Twitter. Get off Bumble, Tinder. Get off Facebook. Snapchat's okay. Get off of Instagram. Just don't. It's not good. Like, yeah, just stay away from and, and even if she, and if she wasn't like, all right, what did this guy do to you? You're a writer for him. Like it's not like he's he he decided to do something personally to you. He wasn't even a play until like probably twenty twenty. But like, what if the situation if she got away with saying that shit, and then he ends up going to the A's anyway? Yeah, you're gonna feel even dumber. Yeah, you gotta you gotta go talk to this guy. Like, you know, fuck you. You call me a spoiled brat. Like I'm not gonna give you shit. So at the end of the day, like as a reporter for professionals and purposes, yeah, we cuss on this podcast, but like, it's okay to kind of throw one out there every once in a while on podcast. That's no big deal, but not to be acting like a child on Twitter, putting this like, kid on blast. Was, you know, it's like when I used to see the Facebook memories when the Eagles would lose to a team, like they lost to the Ravens and I wrote F the Ravens on yeah. Facebook, but I was like, I was like 11 or 12 when I got it. So I'm like, what the hell does that matter? Well, anyways, uh, back to the coaches. So we got talked. Now we just talked about Kingsbury, and then on a little rant with Murray. But we got the other ones. We got Adam Gase, which Jets fans are pissed about. Uh, so Gase going to the Jets. We got Freddie Kitchens, offensive coordinator of the Browns, becoming the head coach, which is kind of a slap in the face of Greg Williams. And then we got. I mean, I said the Bengals didn't get one, but they're talking now that Zach Taylor, the QB coach of the Rams, is most likely going to be their new guy. The, the I Jets, ask you something? What's that? I'm agreeing with Calvert here, but what in the God's name hell is with people hiring coaches that are young enough to play? I know. Dude, Sean McVay has started a movement. Well, the thing is, McVay might be the outlier. Oh, I agree 100%. Okay, let's look at the guys who won the Super Bowl the last couple of years. All right? Doug Peterson's in his 50s. He's Captain Salt and Pepper. That boy's got more black and gray in his hair than on more, got carbs, more gray. All right? Like, listen, like... Bill Belichick, um, who, Greg Kubiak for the for the uh, Broncos. Yep. I mean, Gary yeah, Kubiak. Uh, Pete Carroll's all silver fox. Uh, you want to keep going down the line? More Belichick. Then you've got uh, 
Coughlin. You got Coughlin. you got Harbaugh's. You got the yeah. Tomlin who's been in the league so long he's not even young anymore. Yeah. Like Johnny Harbaugh. It, like even he was in his late forties. Like I'm trying to understand in my head, oh my god, the young sexy coaches. What the fuck has McVay done in the league? Yeah, he's made the playoffs and lost, and now we'll see what he does with the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think it's crazy. If he loses the Cowboys, then you're like, oh, great. He coaches great in the regular season. But, like, it's the same reason. Like, it's like hiring. Like, it's almost as bad as how the Cowboys keep throwing Jason Garrett contract extensions when his his line of mediocrity is perfect. Yeah. Well, didn't anybody learn from the um, – Oh, what's his name? Lane Kiffin for the Raiders. Remember that? Like, didn't that that didn't work? That little like time when he was supposed to be this young. Was he twenty nine? He was thirty one or something like that. Yeah, like that didn't work, and it's just like I mean, I guess it's like oh. Also, that was also Jamarcus Russell and Darren McFadden too. So that's true. Either way, I mean, it is. I I think everyone, the Jets fans that are pissed about Gase. I was a Gates family. Yeah, I was like, I like Gates. He's a good coach. Yeah, he just had a shitty situation in Miami. I think with Darnold, he might be able to figure something out. Jets fans, I I asked all of them because they were all like, this is stupid, this is bullshit, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, who did you want? And they're saying they didn't want McCarthy either. Well, you don't know any other names. Like, throw some names out there. Like, I don't know. They're going to mess this up either way. I was like, then why are you pissed? Like, just (laughs) you shouldn't be mad if you know it was going to suck at the end of the day anyway. Exactly. So, like, I look at it like this: like, you can't like bitch and kvetch about like when, like when the Eagles got hired Peterson. I mean, I was skeptical, but like, who, like if Andy Reid, if this is Andy Reid's disciple, we're going back to a Philly culture. Yeah. Chip Kelly was not Philly. He was Oregon, New Hampshire, like quiet, kind of stayed to himself. He fit better with the North Forty Niners. Managed to screw that one up too. Yeah. And I love it that he's horrible in USCLA. It just brings me sweet joy. Well, we'll see. I, I think he might turn around this year, but who knows that Pac-12, who knows, other than Oregon maybe. But um, Washington are going to run that conference for like next 10 years. Well, Washington, watch out with uh, Eason this year. But speaking of college, we got – I'm telling you, it's like this new transfer portal these days. Everyone's entering it. Like you, you, don't get, you don't start. They're like, all right, let's leave. It's almost like you can trade it anymore. Um, but you got – Jalen Hurt from Jalen Hurts from uh, Alabama finally transferring. I don't know why he waited this year to do it. Like could have done it last year, but he's transferring. Hasn't decided yet. And then the Ohio State's quarterback, a uh, young speedy dude, Tate Martell, who was supposed to be the starting guy, he's leaving Ohio State. I don't understand this whole transfer thing. You I mean you got Kelly Bryant? I don't mind it, but it's like. These guys are just bailing out on starting like roles, like beat win over your spot. Well, I think they look at guys like Baker Mayfield who had to bounce around colleges yeah. four times, and they see like, oh, maybe because like, all right, let's who are the guys that he, Baker Mayfield lost the job to, or he Davis. beat out Trevor Knight, Blake Bell, and then he lost the job to Mahomes and Davis Webb. <laughs> exactly. That's Davis nothing. Freaking Cliff Webb. Cliff Kingsbury. They're all like, he knows quarterbacks. Well, he chose Cliff. He chose Davis Webb over Baker Mayfield. Exactly. And then you look at uh, what's his face. Um, <coughs> sorry. Think about Kyler Murray was a transfer too. What? Kyler Murray was a transfer from A and M. Exactly. I, I I agree. I mean, supposedly Northwestern's quarterback this year is a transfer from um, Clemson, five star. I don't hate it. It's just weird how now it's so known. It's almost like the off season for football. 
It's almost like a trading block, I but it's like a trend. It especially for quarterbacks. Like, let's just say, for all sorts of purposes, I am like this great, uh, deep, like, like defensive end or like running back out of. Uh, I got recruited to USC, and I had a bad season. I sprained an ankle, got a broken rib, whatever. And they bring in two guys at my position, and the coach is like loving them. And I am not feeling the love right now. I, I played three games this year. It didn't matter how hard I went off. And I'm feeling like, okay, I'm not going to play this year. I want to transfer. I'm done. Like, I want to go, like, show me Miami, show me Clemson, show me Alabama, show me Georgia, show me a place where I'm going to play where they're lacking in my position or at least I have a chance to win. And honestly, to me, I love it. Because you know what? These college players, sometimes, like, I don't, like, it's it's hilarious to me. Like, you're like, oh, they should be sick with teams. Like, these guys, this is their livelihood. Some of these guys are like, you know, they don't want to be like enterprise car salesmen. They want to be like making the NFL. And if they think their best chance to win, it, the best chance to be shown that is like for Kelly Bryant, who I have all the respect in the world for to go from Mizzou. He literally gets dropped in that starting lineup and gets a shot. Like, uh, who was the quarterback that played for Oregon like two years ago? Uh, uh, no, four years ago. It was um, Stedman, Jared, Stedman, Stedman. Stedman. No, uh, no, he was Baylor. He was Baylor. Vernon, Vernon Adams. Yes. Got a career in the CFL literally because he played one year in Oregon and wasn't terrible. Yeah. So, that like, honestly, those are dudes' livelihoods. I'm all for it. Like, if Jalen Hurts comes to Miami and leads us to a, an ACC title game, maybe even pulls an upset on Clemson, you know what? That's great. You know why? Because he might have just got himself a job somewhere. Yeah, and the backup that, in the NFL is a great position, honestly. Yeah, so that's the thing. Like, I love it. I am all for it. I mean, yeah, we lost a receiver to that new rule this year. We lost Lawrence Cager because he didn't want to play for anyone else with Mark Richt. I'm like, fine, bro. We got four other receivers that will definitely take your position. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing is just weird to me. That's It's like how it's – it's so known, but I love it. Like I said, I'm a huge like trade deadline guy, so this is almost like the same thing, but college. Um, so, next topic, a little bit of a deeper topic, darker topic, but Cristiano Ronaldo has now is under investigation for a rape allegation. Supposedly, this I don't know too much about it, but it's not his first uh, little allegation he's had on him here. You know what's so funny? I, we have a lot of I have a lot of friends who watch soccer, and I, I try to keep up the words I can. But you know, it's uh, it's not my favorite sport. It's like my, exactly. it's like fifth on my list. Sixth. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch Olympic soccer, or U.S. soccer. Yeah, I'll it. watch like yeah, I'll watch World Cup soccer. Here's the thing: if this is the second allegation with a second woman, then we got an issue. Oh, for sure. Oh my god! And you're an athlete. You said you made this point in a pre-show meeting, and you were like. If you are a guy who literally is known for being good looking, why the hell are you having this issue? And like a millionaire athlete, like you have no problem. But I don't know, the whole thing's just crazy. I kill for his looks, not even his money. I just kill to have that kind of body, dude. Are you kidding me? I'd be, I'd be doing all right with my life. Yeah, you're doing just fine. Oh, but <laughs> but no, it is crazy, and I hope it's. Obviously, that's the thing that's allegations because we could talk about Ruben Foster and how it's the same girl, it's the same allegations, and then drop them again because either she's nuts and just wants a lot of money or they're paying her to shut up. But either way, it's just like these famous athletes that are just you shouldn't have any allegations unless these people are, unless these girls or whoever is doing it are actually insane and just really want your money. 
Well, that's the issue, and we're starting to see it more and more. And it, it's a deeper issue with you know you, you talk about the Me Too movement, yep. how like sometimes now it's starting to lose its potency a little bit. And I am all for. I, I don't think any woman should fear for their body or anything of that sort. And people like Harvey Weinstein, Kevin Spacey, and anybody else who's accused are just scum and horrible people. And or Bill Cosby, they just deserve to be in a, in, in a jail cell. But the whole movement has kind of lost a little bit of potency. And I saw a YouTube video. These two girls were breaking this down because they're talking about why guys don't want to approach girls anymore. And this is the same as a single guy what I encounter is because I don't want to come up looking creepy. Because exactly. I don't want, like, some girl to cry rape or some bullshit. And I'm literally just being like, hi, my name's Jared. I'm really shy. Don't hate me. So it's like, it's the same thing. And, and unfortunately with this, we don't know what happened yet. And even with the Ruben Foster situation, I hope to God that this woman was not raped. Because if she wasn't, it, he was not convicted. That's horrible. But at the same time, if she was just being crazy and wanted money, then I hope to God she gets what's coming to her. Yeah, they always, they always say, like, there's the stories that come out of these kids that were, like, in high school that a girl said something like the, uh, sexual assault happened, and then, like, he was a stud athlete, would have went and played college sports. And yeah, then, you know, he's a linebacker. He was supposed yeah. to USC full ride. And they, yeah, and then, like, six years him. later, she came out and said she made the whole thing up. Then she should be going to jail for those years and maybe double. When my mother says that to me, when I was ta- I showed her that story, I was, like, I was in college when I showed her that, and she's like, yeah, that girl deserves being in jail. I'm yeah. Like, because it's it's horrible. You ruin a guy's life. Yeah. Either way, Cristiano Ronaldo. I hope he didn't do it. But if he did do it, he's got to be done. Um. So we just went deep there. Yeah. I don't know. I got we got kind of lost in the sauce there. So to a brighter side, well, quick thing baseball because you know we have to throw it in here. Brian Dozier, Nationals, nine million dollar deal. No big deal. I mean, I think he's a he'll won't be in the Nationals if they're not a playoff team. He'll be another pickup at the trade deadline or waiver wire or whatever. But that's just another thing the Dodgers lose, which makes me happy. Yeah, but that's not important because we're going to go positive to the nicest man in the entire world, Tim Tebow, Tebow. getting engaged to a uh, past Miss Universe. Good for him. And I'm going to be the first one to say congrats on the sex, Tim Tebow, because supposedly you haven't had sex and you're a virgin. Game's going to change. Game's going to change, bud. Tim Tebow's gonna be like all edgy and shit now. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be hilarious. He's, he's 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 dominated every game. He's about the he's new ballpark, Tim. Watch, he figures out how to throw a football correctly now. <laughs> he's like shit. I was right-handed this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it's so oh my gosh! Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, no, good for Tim Tebow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She's a looker, man. She is gorgeous. So. Yeah. Exactly. She's got like her her first and last name are both abbreviated, so you know she's exotic. <laughs> but I I don't know, man. She won Miss Universe from from uh from South Africa. So Tim, congrats, buddy. I hope you get to play in the majors for the Mets, because God, I would go to see you play. But I would love it. The, the place would be so packed. He could go over three three strikeouts, and people would still go see him the next day. Oh yeah, no. Or like watch, he hits a bomb, and everyone's like, this guy needs a huge contract. You'll hit a one home his first at bat to home run, and then they'll be like, "Oh my gosh, see, he's meant to be the whole time." But yeah, good for Tim, good for the world, and it's a better place with Tim Tebow's engaged. Yeah. All right, so that is the end of the rundown. All righty, and now we talk. It's like I already cracked my uh, my last cider, but it is still like kind of a four pack. We're talking four games uh, going forward this wild card weekend, and. 
Mark, I think we should start off with the Saturday games because they're good, man. I am excited. Yeah, <laughs> uh, what's it called? Saturday games. I only know off the top of my head right now. I gotta look it up. I'm looking it up, and this is really horrible that we we're this unprofessional. We did not know this off the bat. <laughs> I knew as soon as you said that, I was like, he's swinging this my way because I. Uh, we got. <laughs> <laughs> Um, All right, so it's Colts Chiefs at uh, 4.30 on NBC. Colts Chiefs. I am so stuck with this game. I want the Colts to win because I have this little feud right here with you with Andrew Luck. But Stafford's better. That's not even what I'm talking about. But I cannot have my guy Andy Reid lose another first-round playoff game. I just can't. He can't do it. He can't afford it. His legacy will be like just tarnished. He'll just be this coach guru instead of this, like he'll be a coach guru that can coach other coaches to be good. But if he loses with this team and how they've been all year with Mahomes, not saying they wouldn't now be they have Eric Berry back. Yeah, I get that, but I'm just saying is I want Luck to win, but I will be kind of disappointed and depressed for Andy Reid because I don't know what's going to take for that man to win playoff games. I have three reasons why the Chiefs are going to win Saturday. One, the Colts in front of their stadium today put up a 1-0 and flag. That is the most Colts thing I've ever seen. And just because of that, they're going to be 1-1 one one by Saturday night. Two. Chiefs by a billion. Andy Reid has never had a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. The last thing he had anything like it was Michael Vick or John McNabb. I love it. Third, Patrick Mahomes is destined to either have a showdown with his two losses from the season that he's probably eating at him for. Phillip Rivers and Tom Brady. So he needs this. So I, I just think Mahomes, he's a different animal. And I think that the Colts secondary is going to just, it's going to be, it's going to get interesting because throws that Deshaun Watson's too big of a chicken to make. Mahomes is going to be like, I got this, bro. He sees three defenders, tries to fit in through a box that's about a foot wide, and he'll do it. I love it. I, I think Mahomes has got this. I think that it's going to be great. I agree. I mean, I think they're end up going to win it. I hope it's just, I like said, when you're at this point in the playoffs, it's just you want good games. I don't know if the Chiefs are going to be able to keep up offensively, and I don't know if this Colts defense that everyone's hooting and Wait, hollering about. Chiefs can't keep up offensively? or Colts No, I, I mean, I don't know if the Colts will be able to keep up with the Chiefs offensively, and I don't know if the Colts defense, as much as people are hooting and hollering about, are as good or going to be good enough to stop Mahomes in that receiving court. I mean, it's just so – yeah, I think that that game's uh, that game that's gonna be it's gonna be a fun one though. It should be a good one. Oh yeah, I'm excited. And then the other Saturday game is L.A. taking on uh, God the Cowboys. Cowboys. I'm so scared for that game. So scared. Oh, because you got if the Rams blow this. Oh my God, it's gonna be up to either Nick Foles or Drew Brees to keep the Cowboys out of the Super Bowl. That's so terrifying. The Rams just need to win. My buddy Botley was talking to me about this, and he's like, we were talking about Foles and everything, but he's also he's like, oh, what do you think about my Cowboys? And I'm like, dude, I don't want to talk about it because I actually have faith in them for some reason, which might be a good thing, which means they might blow it. But Because we haven't seen the Rams. We've been watching the Cowboys, and it's just like, ooh. Also, the Seahawks were a gimmick team. Yeah. The Rams are not a gimmick team. It, just, it always depends on what Cowboys team shows up. They are such a hit-or-miss team, and if they have the running game going and Dax is uh, responsible with the ball. It's all going to matter about how the, how the, if the Rams are ready to rumble. Yeah. I think the Rams – I think the only, the only positive about this is the Rams are getting – people almost picking the Cowboys more often, so the Rams are going to have a chip on their shoulder like, oh, wait, 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 wait. 
we are the number two team in this division. We are the better team, and they might come out, and they might just – I hope they just kick their ass, honestly. I literally hope, like, you know, like, Gurley runs for, like, 300 yards or some crazy thing, just, like, absolutely just destroys that Dallas Cowboys defense. But, I don't know. Then we got the Saturday, the early Saturday game. I mean, some of the game, which is the which is what I'm excited for. I'm excited to see um, she, uh, Chargers and Patriots. Well, first of all, in the Cowboys Saints and the Cowboys Rams, I have the Rams. It's going to be close. But Dak's going to get hit from behind. The ball's going to be up in the air. And I just I could just see Marcus Peters house in it. Like, just something crazy like that happening. I hope so. But I do <laughs> see it, too. Cowboys I mean... fans can be like, oh, it was pass interference. Reed! <laughs> <laughs> they'll figure they'll find they'll find a way Dez caught the ball <laughs> yeah it was a catch i mean now in today's football today yeah it is, is a but catch it wasn't back then, so <laughs> shut up exactly but yeah i mean i'm taking the rams too but actually i should take the cowboys just so you know no, you're taking the cowboys or yeah you're fired? i'm going with the cowboys and Great. if they win i'm firing myself uh yeah, but yeah charge take over for you be on two week suspension and then, uh, yeah, and then Chargers, Patriots. I don't know, man. Everyone's giving this game to the Chargers, and I'm just like, oh, I don't know. Patriots now got to where they – the Patriots are almost like the Cavs. Like, they're just going to coast now into this playoffs. They're not the better team, but they got the best player in the game, even though he's not playing as well as he used to. Right. Don't don't be surprised if the Pats upset the Colts. All, all right. I'm going to give you – I'm going to drop some knowledge on you. Drop it. Gronk didn't even finish in the top five for tight ends this year. Boom. So my argument is valid from when I said he wasn't even a top three tight end anymore. Boom. Second, Brady is now missing throws that you and me could hit in high school. Those 20-yard out routes, which he's now airmailing or undercutting, and they're kind of floating there, you can see the arm talent starting to go. Three, no Josh Gordon, no deep threat. Oh, it's true. forgot about that. Four, those safeties are god-awful. Stephon Gilmore is the only good defensive back on that team. <coughs> and, yeah, I, I agree. Like you're, you're. Oh, what? He covers Keenan Allen? Oh, look, Mike Williams is a freaking field day in that secondary. And you're not wrong about anything, but it's just something about the Patriots, and I don't want to bet against them. But they said that when Philadelphia played them in the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, and if it wasn't for freaking Big Dick Nick, just. Putting out the most. No, let's yards be honest. Game. If it wasn't for the Philly special and Brandon Graham having really quick hands, yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was like Tom Brady put up him and freaking Foles put up insane numbers. I'm saying is, if the Chargers hang around, let them hang around like they did the Ravens, the Patriots will win that game. Yeah, but here's the other thing: Philip Rivers knows what they say about him against Brady. Philip Rivers knows is maybe his last shot at a Super Bowl. Philip Rivers also knows now he has a top five running back. He has a very good receiving core, and he gets his boy Hunter Henry back. Shout out Stephen A. Smith. Hmm. So, I just it just you know in that defense, man, it is coming. It around. seems a lot like last year where they've got those two edge rushers who can just get after. And Brady might you know what like Nate Soldier's been struggling. Let's I want to see him and Melvin Ingram go man on man. Let's see what happens. I agree. I agree. It should be, like I said, all these games should be good, but we'll see. And I love the defensive adjustments the Chargers make now. When they had nothing but safeties against Lamar Jackson playing linebacker, I was like, uh, that's the most smartest thing I've ever seen in my life. Well, yeah, Darwin James is on him like a hawk. Yeah, you know what the best part? Like, yeah, their only good linebacker 
who are the, one of their only good linebackers, uh, Miami guy, Denzel Perriman, he's been out for weeks. So, honestly, now, like, it makes sense just dropping a bunch of safeties in the box. Yep. I mean, and, and the thing is, Gronk doesn't scare him anymore. Hogan, yeah. Hogan's a joke. And Edelman is just not, like, he, he without those guys around him, Edelman just gets covered up and he's done. And it definitely gets exposed. But for the final game, the big one, Eagles and Saints in the Dome. I don't know, I'm man. I'm going to say this. Everyone this week has told me, y'all are done, had a nice season, it was a good run. There's four things, interesting headlines I've seen. And I've been, like, you know, I've been sick the last two days, so I've been on Facebook and all this crap. I've been kind of watching everything. And there's four interesting things I've seen and heard. First off, Sean Payton wheeling in their one Lombardi trophy with 225K said win three fucking games. Dude, dude, either the Saints are going to blow every team from here until February 8th or 4th, whatever the Super Bowl is, or they are going to come out and every team's going to go to kill Drew Brees and, and Alvin Kamara. Yeah, there's definitely two. That's definitely the two options, but there I don't is know. literally they just stamped a giant ass target on their back. And here's the last two other things: Philadelphia played like human garbage against Chicago. Four dropped interceptions, multiple penalties that allowed Chicago scoring drives to continue, and then on top of all of that, Nick Foles threw two dumb interceptions. And then here's the last thing. And you're gonna hate this, but I saw the report today, and I I don't know what to make of this, and I'm 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 nervous, excited at the same time. Carson Wentz has not been ruled out yet, and it's Thursday. No comment. Yeah. <laughs> what in the actual fuck is this? I, I mean, don't know. It, it would be such poetic justice for the team that humiliated him back in October for Wentz to come out and knock him out. But at the same time, unless Foles gets hurt, He's not at out. least for this week, like, you give me once against Dallas or L.A., yeah, I'll take it. Let's rock. But that, I just, you know what, right now, if he's not 100%, why push it? No, if if Nick Foles beats the, or the Saints, I don't give a shit if you have a peak Tom Brady or a peak Peyton Manning or a peak anybody, you cannot take that man out. You can't. You just can't do it. I also think the only way he does beat the Saints and they take him out is if he has another game like he had in Chicago, but it's the Eagles defense that just plays out of their minds. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if that, that happens, defense, if we beat the Rams or the Saints. Listen, it's not like last year where the offense was just insane. Like, dude, that defense was like possessed against, against Chicago. Yeah, Trubisky had a crap game, but you realized Tariq Cohen couldn't do jack. Yeah. He had like two catches. Allen Robinson was the lone star of that game, and that was only because Avante Maddox bit in a slugger route. That was literally all it was. I agree. I mean, if he beats the Saints, though, I'm not you, – you can't pull him. You got you to gotta ride him out. You got to right. use the playoff I, magic. I'm just going to let – listen, I, I have clearly learned that Doug Peterson is a smarter man than me, knows more about football than me, and will lead us to victory every year. Or at least lead us as close as he possibly can with the roster he's given. And I am done arguing with his logic. There are sometimes on fourth down calls he makes me drives me crazy that Jake Elliott not putting Jake Elliott out against the Vikings kind of almost screwed us if it wasn't for the Vikings being choke artists. 
But I'm going to say this right now. If the, there, the Here's how the Eagles are going to win. There's a, there's a couple facts. The Eagles have to play a great game. And the and the site the Saints have to buy into their own hype, which you've seen this year they have a tendency to do. After they beat the living daylights out of the defending champs, what happens? They get beat by the cowgirls in their house. It's true. It's not like they're they're it's not like they're this team that's impossible to take out. Everyone's like, oh, the Saints are this and they they really haven't had a dominant win since that Eagles game. Because I think teams started actually kind of getting a sense about what they're about. And yep. it's not like they're like this impossible machine to break. You take Mike Thomas out and you take Kamara out. The Eagles struggle with Mark. Okay, I'm going to also get to tell you something right now, and I told this to my boy. Here are the Eagles guys who were out against the Saints or were injured during that game. Brazil Douglas and Avante Maddox both were injured. Cravon LeBlanc wasn't even on the team yet. Um... Timmy Jurgen was still on IR, and Jordan Hicks was injured. Uh, that's our entire starting cornerback do, um, uh, core. Our starting middle linebacker and leader of our defense, and probably our best coverage backer, and are probably one of our more dangerous pass rushers. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, yeah, I mean, was out too that game, I think. We have, our lineup was trash. We had a trash lineup, and now we have chip on our shoulders, so... So anything can happen this weekend. It's it's ski mask season, baby. Y'all gotta remember it. Oh, and I love and I know and Ingram and uh, Kamara were like, oh, we all know where it really started. Supposedly the ones that started the ski mask. Either way, they're good the two, weekend. They're the two lamest dudes in the planet because they always take chip shots at Philadelphia. Even last year was like, oh, we would have beat their ass. Like y'all lost to the Vikings, oh. who got beat by thirty. Now they Shut have their up. chance. And we got a chip on our shoulder because we got spanked. They got theirs. Like I said, I think it's going to be a chippy game. Oh, yeah. Um, Malcolm Jenkins flipped off his former head coach with the Double Birds, making him essentially one of my favorite players of all time because he was speaking for every Philadelphia Eagles fan after that trick play. But expect Michael Bennett to decapitate Drew Brees at one point. Um, I am expecting somebody to suplex Alvin Kamara. Um Look for our boy Flex Gang, uh, Nigel Bradham, to have some chippy hits. Corey Graham, who apparently just decided he wanted to kill Tyree Cohen last week. <laughs> you saw that hit, right? I saw the one he missed. On the I saw the one he hit when he hit Cohen, and Cohen bounced like a pinball off the ground. It was crazy. Yeah, but, I, I mean, I saw that one, but I also saw the one he missed. That's what, yeah. I can't get that one in my head. But Yeah, I know. Hey, listen, we have a team. We're, we're a defense full of guys who just want to kill somebody. So you know what? I think if if Philly's I, – I can't – I refuse to pick Philadelphia Eagles games in the playoffs. I've had this policy for the last two years. And all I'm going to say is if the Eagles have got to win, they got to play a good – they can't make dumb mistakes on offense, and they got to capitalize. No dropped interceptions. Breeze floats one. I better see Avante Maddox running up that sideline with a ball in his hands or Razul Douglas or vice versa. I agree. The Eagles, this is, this is, what, this is how we need to end this. Ready? The Saints, I'm picking the Saints, lock it. That's the best thing that can happen. <laughs> oh, my God. If the Saints win, I'm going to shoot you. No, that's <laughs> we're trying to pull the Panthers effect, remember? Uh, picking the yeah, Saints. Yeah, but it's the, it's the Panthers, though. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I give up. I don't know. I, I, I threw every New Orleans thing I had in my house already, so. <laughs> Burn it. Burn it. Yeah, well, I mean, my voodoo braced somewhere about a mile into my woods. I threw it as far as I could. I think that thing cursed me. But, uh. <laughs> So yeah, so that that wraps up our little four pack this weekend coming on football. Should be a good one. Anything else? Um, 
Yeah, I'm gonna my column this week. I'm gonna actually talk about how football is getting more physical and how much I love it. Uh, I'm also gonna talk maybe a little bit this week about Manny Diaz and uh, I think this week we're, I'm gonna actually gonna start doing a weekly column where I cover a couple topics in one thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can all we can you can contribute too. I don't know if you want to do it. We could each we could each contribute. It'd be like the corner booth, Mark's yeah. takes, Jared's takes, whatever. I think we should start doing that just because like. I, I love how we're gonna do a mock draft. We should only do that like once a month because weekly mock drafts is just ridiculous. Oh, I know the the draft network that I follow on Twitter. They post a mock draft Mondays. I'm like, that's just a, that's a lot. But oh it's my different, god! It's different, this guy it's different had people. an affair. This guy had a this guy broke up with his girlfriend. He drops two slots. This guy had food poisoning. <laughs> he goes up three. I, I I don't know. I just you know I I like when you and me do. We'll do our first one. I think we should do it March first. We'll do our first uh, no post commas. Yeah, March first. Well, I mean, I want to do one after the draft set. Oh, yeah, okay, so fine. Okay, so... Um, so we'll do uh, after the, one after the Super Bowl. Yeah. And then we'll... Yeah. So the Thursday, so like the... the we'll, do, we'll, we'll drop our first one the Friday after the Super Bowl parade for whichever team wins. Or Saturday, depending on who wins. Um, then we will do one after that, March 1st, April 1st, and then we'll do one the week before the draft. It works for me. And then, uh, so you got that column, and then everyone be aware, they um, got a top 25, way too early top 20, 25 for next year's college football season. We got some uh, teams up in the top four or five that you might want to see, might not agree with. Let me know. It's going to be good. Yeah, exactly. So check it out. That's about it. No last call. Don't worry. We'll still throw the smooth jazz in for this just because, you know, we have such common voices. But uh, I'm Jared. That's Mark. Hope you all have a great week, and we will see y'all on Tuesday. This episode of The Corner Booth has been brought to you by Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Follow your hosts on Twitter at Belly Up Jared and at Mark Riley.